Hello and welcome to the latest in our series of podcasts, which today will focus on the changes to the use classes order and what this will mean for local authorities. I'm Alex Jones, an associate in the planning environmental team here at Brabners, and I will be taking us on a whistle-stop tour through the new use classes order. So, as I'm sure we are all aware, last year brought huge changes to the planning system, with one of these being amendments to the old use classes order 1987, which was considered out of date as it didn't reflect the changing needs of the high street, which is transitioning rapidly away from the traditional high street. Therefore, the use classes order was altered by the Town and Country Planning Use Classes Amendment Regulations 2020, which was introduced by the government on the 20th of July 2020 and took effect from the 1st of September. I have to say this was subject to a challenge by judicial review, which also challenged the changes to the permitted development order, but the challenge was unsuccessful. The changes introduced a new class E, new class F, and added more use classes to Sue Generous, so that's not fitting within any of the use classes. I'll go through these quickly now, alongside looking at the changes from the local authority's perspective and what that actually means in practical terms. So the new use class E completely replaced some of the old use classes. Class E is a new commercial business and service use class, which will replace class A1, which is shops, class A2, which is financial and professional services, Class A3, which is restaurants and cafes, and Class B1, which is business. The class also incorporates uses under current use class or previous use class D1, non-residential institutions, and D2, assembly and leisure, such as gyms, nurseries, and health centres. The new category, other services which is appropriate to provide in a commercial business or service locality, is very broad in scope. Exactly what the limits of appropriateness are have yet to be tested, and I think the different local authorities will interpret this in vastly different ways. Critically, applicants will no longer need to make a planning application if they wish to switch from one of the old use classes to another. So there's also a new class F1 and new class F2. So class F1 creates a use class for learning and non-residential institutions. Class F2 creates a use class for small essential shops and community halls, outdoor sports or recreational areas, indoor and outdoor swimming pools and skating rinks. Sue Generous use class has been widened substantially and a number of uses that used to be classified are now under Sue Generous. For example, a public house, wine bar or drinking establishment is now Sue Generous, which was previously A4. Whilst the introduction of Class E provides greater flexibility for the defined uses, the reclassification of a number of uses to Sue Generous introduces a greater level of constraint than before as any change to or from a generous use class will usually require planning permission. That is, of course, subject to any permitted development rights that there are. What's also really unclear at the moment from the legislation is whether some current generous uses, such as betting shops and payday loan facilities, which previously benefited from permitted rights to change to some new classes within Class A, will continue to benefit to a change within new Class E. I would imagine that they would, but we'll just have to wait and see. So I've briefly run through the changes, but what does that actually mean in practice? Well, the changes should make it easier for vacant units to be reoccupied quickly, which will support other local businesses in the area by driving footfall to the area and will be welcomed by business owners, no doubt. However, with such a radical change to the scheme, it remains to be seen whether this optimism will actually translate in practice. In reality, I think that for landlords and businesses who want to diversify or restart their business in light of COVID-19, they may simply come up against other obstacles in their rush to change use. Some of these could include the existing planning commission authorising the use of the property may be subject to planning conditions that directly or indirectly restrict the use of the property or constrain how a property might operate 
meaning that a change of use without removing these conditions is rendered impractical. This is also true of any associated Section 106 planning obligation and local authorities should be really alike to this. Likewise, planning permission requiring alterations which fall outside permitted development rights will still require planning permission. Therefore, external works required to change the use may also limit the usefulness of the new use classes order. A couple of other proper durations could include a narrow permitted use under a lease or restricted covenants restricting the use of the land. So there will be some questions and issues for people applying for planning permission, but the changes will obviously have a huge impact on local authorities and the way they decide planning applications. So the other side of this new freedom to change uses for landowners is a difficulty for local authorities in assessing the impact of a proposed development. It may be really difficult for council to adequately assess the range of impacts from a proposal, which could so easily and rapidly be changed to something very different and more work may be required at the outset to support the planning application to assess all of the potential impacts of any use within Class E. It is likely that councils will restrict the use into one of the subcategories within Class E so that the impacts can be assessed more easily. Local authorities may also overcompensate by including more restrictive conditions on use within the planning permission. Of course, that will only take effect with permissions granted since September 2020. Local authorities will have different circumstances and requirements in the local area, so we're expecting a huge disparity in the way each local authority approaches Class E, and we'd be happy to assist local authorities with interpreting this. There are also questions regarding the difficulties that local authorities will encounter in ensuring high-quality placemaking when there's so much flexibility and loss of control over use of properties, given that Class E incorporates so many different types of uses. In cases where a community infrastructure levy charging schedule is in place, the applicable rate to be charged is calculated based on the relevant use class, with different sales schedules applying different rates. Given that a number of the uses have been amalgamated into Class E, then the sales schedules may have to be updated where applicable. In summary, although the changes do offer flexibility and a wider range of opportunities for businesses, it is clear that there is still some ambiguity and work required to make the new use classes order succeed in practice. Planning practice guidance is still to be updated and we expect further amendment orders to permit development rights in due course. I think only time will tell as to whether these significant changes on paper will actually make such a big difference in practice in terms of our high streets and whether it is enough to keep the high street alive. Thanks very much for listening. Don't forget to visit brabners.com and search for our local authorities page. Thanks again.